Elliot Goldstein is hosting a radio and podcast show out of New Mexico called NMDJ Presents Fly on the Wall. We are building a fresh, fabulous podcast library of musicians, writers, artists, and all good people of note, with many new and exciting guests to come. We are listener-funded. If you would like to assist our Venmo info is New Mexico DJ service. The PayPal info is New Mexico DJ service at gmail.com. We appreciate your help. We would like to thank Alan Gower for the intro music. Enjoyed the show. Hey guys, thank you for listening to Fly on the Wall podcast. I'd like to tell you how I got started. Um, I really had no idea on um, the beginnings of what had even where to start. And I stumbled upon Anchor by Spotify. And it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. And I'll explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. And um, when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast automatically on listening platforms. I'm on Spotify. I'm on Apple Podcasts. I'm on other uh, platforms. And it, Anchor made it so simple. And um, it's all in one place. Everything you need to make a podcast, you can find in one place. And um, the amazing part is it's all free. So um, there is no uh, downside to any of this. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's Anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R. And again, it's the Anchor app or anchor.fm. And it's real easy to get started. And um, thank you for listening to Fly on the Wall and uh, back to the show. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. A participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. A participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Not Your Mother's Radio is listener-funded. To contribute and help keep the station going, funds can be sent via PayPal to Elliot. Is. Not. Your. Mother. At. Gmail.com. Remember, there is one Ellen Elliot. Thank you for your assistance. Sam Morrison is a jazz saxophone, 
flute player, composer and artist whose credits include being a key member of the Miles Davis Band. His performance with Miles at the Newport Jazz Festival and Avery Fisher Hall, were very favorably reviewed in the New York Times and the concert recording was released on the Jazz Masters CD label. Bootleg tapes of numerous concert and club performances of the band which included Sam, continue to be sold by many collectors on the internet. Sam's recording, Dune from that period, won critical acclaim in jazz circles as a groundbreaking fusion album. His next album, Natural Layers, utilized the talents of the extraordinary drummer and producer Narada Michael Walden and incorporated worldwide beats in a tapestry of funk, fusion and jazz. Sam has played with many legendary jazz greats like Gil Evans, Al Foster, Buster Williams, Woody Shure, and Billy Hart. Sam also toured Europe playing at large jazz festivals in Vienna, Nice, Paris, and Stockholm with the Latin Soul Brothers. Sam is currently working with Michael Shreve and Patrick Gleason whose interviews can also be heard on Not Your Mother's Radio podcasts. Not Your Mother's Radio is listener-supported. If interested in helping our PayPal information is elliotisnotyourmother at gmail.com. Thank you and enjoy the program. there today. Um, we have a great guest today, Mr. Sam Morrison, who um, was in Miles Davis's later band, and um, great, great artist, great, great saxophone player. Um, he's really, really up front in the uh, fusion world, and um, he's doing, still doing some incredible work. He's, in fact, um, he's doing an album now with our friend Patrick Gleason and um, uh, Michael Shreve, and the three of them are working on some pieces now that should be released really, really soon. Looking forward to that. So while I get um, Sam online, I'm going to play something from his Dark Matter album. In fact, uh, this is the tune Dark Matter. Hope you guys enjoy it. And I'm going to be back real shortly with Sam online. <laughs> Thank you. 
Dark Matter from the album um, Sam Morrison's Dark Matter, and uh, Sam has joined um, has joined us. Good morning, Sam. How are you doing today? I'm fine. Yeah. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, welcome, welcome to the show. Um, can you hear us? Okay, no echoes or anything, right? No. I'm okay. good. Okay, good. Well, that was Dark Matter. Um, that's one of um, one of the many solo albums you put out. This Dark Matter happens to be one of my. Um, favorite albums to go to when I think about your music, only because um, uh, it's more, it has more of an electronic feel to it, and that's kind of what I, you know, I'm really into that sound. And you've been doing a lot with that, you know, that fusion sound, that um, uh, the electronic music thing. But why don't you tell us how you got started um, uh, originally? Let's start there, and we'll work our way up to the newest stuff. Uh, okay, in in terms of electronic music. No, uh, no, no, no. In terms of just your performance, just for, from the time you realized that hey, I'm a, I'm a uh, professional now, pretty much. <laughs> I I started 
performing when I was uh, a kid, you know, 12 years old maybe. Uh-huh. Did our first uh, gigs. We had a band where I grew up in Long Island. Uh, where in Long Island did you grow up? Uh, Oceanside. Oh, I lived in um, Belmore. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, and in fact, uh, I even had a place in Freeport, and uh, yeah, it was all over. Baldwin. Cool. Yeah, we played, uh, I can remember playing when I was, how old? Must have been 12, maybe. We played at the the World's Fair oh, in wow. uh, Flushing. Yeah. We had a, a performance, I had a band uh, that I was in with actually a well-known keyboard player, uh, Kenny Werner. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah, we used to do gigs. We played, we played weddings or whatever when uh-huh. we were like 13 or 14 years old. Wow. Remember the Sands Beach Club? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I worked there, too. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. In fact, I used, uh-huh. to, I used to manage uh, that club, my father's place in Roslyn. Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've been there. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. So anyway, I just, you know, I got started playing music, and then uh, when I went to uh, college, I went to Columbia, and I was, I used to hang out in, uh, in the city a lot, go to jazz clubs and hear people. You know, we, um, uh, at, let's see, at that point, I became friends with uh, Michael Shreve's brother, Kevin Shreve. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. And we had, we used to go to Fillmore East. We had, we could get in any time for, for free. Uh-huh. Because Bill Graham managed Santana. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, we went to a lot of concerts there. I went to Vanguard a lot and uh, Slugs and all around. And I, you know, I kind of started out as a, a math physics major at Columbia. And within, I don't know, one semester, I switched over to uh, music. Right. And, um, <laughs> yeah, Ke- Ke- Kevin's a great guitar player. Yeah, yeah. Well, we met we met the first day. Uh-huh. We we jammed, I think, on the piano in the uh, dorm, uh-huh. and stayed close uh, since then. I was just on the phone with him for a few hours the other day. He was helping me with my uh, download of uh, Apple Logic, which okay. wasn't going well. Yeah, yeah. Kevin's a great. Yeah, he's really, really, uh, you know, uh, really. Knows his electronics. He really does. He's he's a great guy, and um, yeah, he kept crashing. He kept crashing, and he oh. uh, he fixed it for me. Yeah, well, you, you, was, uh, you guys out there, if you don't know who Kevin Shreve is, Kevin's Michael Shreve's brother, and Michael, of course, um, uh, started out in Santana and's done some incredible, incredible solo work on a lot of electronic drum work, and um, he's doing an album now with Sam and Patrick Gleason. But we'll talk about that a little later. So in any case, um, my interest in, in electronic music really got started through Michael. Uh-huh. Um, he was recording electronic uh, drums and playing with uh, uh, Klaus Schultz. Yeah. And uh, and Kevin. And Kevin, uh, yeah, that yeah, that well, CD yeah. is great. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Transfer Station Blue. Yeah, Transfer Station Blue. Yep. And so I really got into it then, but it was a long time before I really was able to um, start a beginning to uh, produce that sort of music, electronic music, on my own. Uh, you know, I had my hand in with MIDI, 
that was in the boy, I can't remember that. I guess that was maybe that was in the eighties. Yeah, early eighties. Oh, yep. Yeah, you know, but it didn't really get going until I got it uh everything in the computer. Right. More with more with software. Um I was able, you know, when I, once I, I ended up where I am right now, upstate New York, and I started um, uh, playing music, you know, alone by myself, I, 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 I was able to really uh, right. get into using the computer to generate uh, the backup tracks uh-huh. and, still, and still play saxophone and flute. So that was, that was the album, uh, uh, let's see... Um, Dark Matter, which you just heard. Yes. And um, I was, it was really my first foray alone into electronic music. That was about 10 years ago. Uh huh. Okay. Um, and prior to that, you um, worked with some incredible, incredible jazz guys. You, obviously, you know, everybody knows the Miles Davis story, but um, you pretty much hit the gamut. You were with the Latin Soul Brothers. You worked with the Latin Soul Brothers. You worked with uh, Woody Shaw, Buster Williams, um, uh, Gil Evans, Al Foster. Um, you um, so obviously you did the circuit, and um, uh, Miles obviously was the uh, pinnacle of those guys, I guess, in your in your recording um, career. Yeah, um, well, I kind of joined joined Miles uh, through my time. I I, I recorded in San Francisco in, in uh, late '74 with uh, Michael Shreve and Patrick Gleason. Yes, uh, we did that album that ultimately wasn't released by uh, Columbia. Uh-huh. And I was hanging with with Michael, and uh, he told me that uh, Miles might be looking for a new saxophone player. And I kind of just you know said okay. Uh, but a few months later, I moved back to New York, and uh, I had uh, gotten a, a day gig to help support myself in the first month, I think. I was filing papers at the Board of Ed huh. in Brooklyn, and uh, I got a phone call uh, to, to go up to uh, Boston to uh, play for Miles. Wow. And uh, that was a life-changing uh, call, I guess. Yeah, that was it. Was a pretty intense call. You know, I had to leave work early that day and uh, <laughs> and just fly up there. And I really hadn't been playing for that much that month. And I uh, just got up. I got there in between the first and second set at Paul's Mall. Okay. And um, I just Miles set up for me to play the second set. Wow. And uh, he introduced himself to me. It was it was great. Yeah, and he was. Um, I, you know, I spoke to some other people that work with Miles. You know, uh, I spoke to uh, Lenny White. I spoke to um, Harvey Brooks, and they said Miles was a great guy. He pretty much gave you the freedom you needed to do what you wanted to do, as long as it was in his uh, parameters, pretty much. Yeah, he just he didn't say anything to me about uh, what to play or anything like that. He just kind of set me loose on stage. Wow. Uh, I, that particular first gig, I think, is on. Uh, it's available from uh, you know live cassette oh. recordings that were made at the uh, oh the bootleg series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you know, Pete Cozy used to record all the. Uh, all the performances right on stage 
um, I don't I don't know if it came from him. People in the audience were recording it as well. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. And I know there's a whole so, ser- there's a whole series of uh, Miles bootleg tapes out now that Columbia's putting out. Yes, be curious to hear some of them. <laughs> yeah, I've heard most of them. Uh, I think his name's Pete Lawson. Lawson sent me um, uh-huh. sent me CDs about oh, a long time ago already. Right, right. Of most of the most of the uh, performances that I did with him. Okay, cool. Um, so, how long were you with Miles? Well, on and off for a couple of years, but he didn't play. The only he only performed really the first six months. So we did uh, we did Baltimore, Boston, did, uh, just jazz in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and uh, we did the uh, Newport Jazz Festival at uh, at Avery Fisher, uh-huh. and a couple more. We did Central Park. Those are all classic performances. Yeah, it was a gas. I got to tell you, um, you know, when I first I first met Miles, uh, he goes, uh, they brought me backstage to meet him, and uh, he goes, "Are you just white, or can you play?" <laughs> oh God, yeah, that sounds like Miles. Um, I, I yeah, mean, there's a picture of him and Kenny G. I saw it online, and he's giving Kenny G a look like, my God, they call you a player? You have to see the look in his eyes, like, my God, <laughs> what, what are you doing here? Um, yeah, he was a character, huh? Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a real trip. He was, he was very warm. And, you know, okay. I, I remember being up there, I was, tw- I was like 20, maybe I just turned 23, I think. Uh-huh. And he got me a, a suite. <laughs> oh, wow. Somewhere uh, up high uh, with a down looking in Boston. I had been in Boston, you know, for one semester at Berkeley. I took off uh, from Columbia to go there. And, uh, and you know, this is a whole different view. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow. It's amazing. Um, yeah, I know he, uh, yeah, he was a tough character. I, I know, I heard a story, I don't know if you were with him at this time, uh, when he played the Fillmore West. And uh, Steve Miller was the headliner. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I don't know if you were in the band at that time, but he. Um, no, I don't think so. We didn't. I didn't play with him at. at okay. At yeah. So way. anyway, Miles um, was the opening act, one of the opening acts, and he would. Um, he kept saying to to Graham, "This guy ought to be opening for me." You know, I'm I'm a hell of a bit of player. Well, so what the, he, the funny thing about that is Miles didn't like to wait through anybody. He used to go on first, like when we played yeah. um, when we played at Central Park. Um, Miles went on first. Oh, really? And 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 Jack Dejanette went on second. Oh well, but but what he did here was he wouldn't show up at the Fillmore, and Bill Graham would say to Steve Miller, "I guess I guess he's not showing up tonight. Get your band out there, go play." And somebody in the you know he had somebody in the uh, at the Fillmore call him and say, "Okay, they're on now," and then he would show up later and you know close the show. <laughs> You know, he and he did it for like three nights. I think he was, you know, he, him and Miller did three nights at the Fillmore West together, and he kept saying, "I'm not opening for this guy." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, and um, well, okay, so, 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 on and off with Miles, and um, what what are the recordings you did with him? Repeat that. Uh, uh, what, what recordings uh, were you involved in with Miles? 
Well, the, we did, we went into the studio after I joined the band uh-huh. at CBS, <coughs> and um, we did. Um, let's see, Maisha, I guess oh. the first. Uh, track we recorded I think it was in May of 75 uh-huh. and um, he had just just written that I think because uh, I went he called me and asked me to come to his house that morning uh-huh. so I got there and he played it to me on Trump and wanted so I did that while he played it uh-huh. and then um we went in later that day to record. Okay. And it was it was it was a cool recording session, and and, and Getz was in the uh, was in the control room. He introduced me. Oh wow. And who, and, and who else was in the band at that time? Oh, it had been the same band he had together for several years, with uh, Michael Henderson and okay. Reggie uh, Lucas uh-huh. and Toomey. And oh, uh, wow. Pete Cozy, Al Foster. Yeah, that's a real. That was, that was a funky band. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was a great band. Um, well, so and that was that was obviously the, the, the later part of his career already, right? Huh. Yeah, that was like, um, you know, that, that was the tail end pretty much. He was um, uh, that was his electronic phase. Uh, um, just. Really, really experimental. It was, you know, post bitches brew, and uh, you know he was really, really, really cooking on all cylinders. He was really, really experimenting at that time. And you, you, did, and you did some other albums with Michael Henderson, right? Uh, yeah, but Pete Cozy um, was instrumental in creating, you know, that really, uh-huh. um, what he, experimental sound. He he was using the EMS synthy that he ran his guitar through. Uh-huh. And uh, Cynthia was known for crazy oscillators, you know, didn't really, were hard to keep in tune. Right. But he had it up there with him all the time. I remember uh, having those. Those were, that was a really nice synthesizer. And it had, instead of patch chords, it had pins. Oh, okay. And you could, you could just, pins, and it was like a matrix oh, wow. pin block that would connect different things, and Pete would take it out, and, you know. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So after you left Miles, um, that's when you um, decided to do your own thing, right? You went solo after that. Yeah, I um, I started playing around the city because Miles was Miles was sick. Uh huh. You know. Yep. 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 And um, I got a call from his managing office. I forget. But uh, they said, well, you're going to have to try to support yourself for a while. Yeah. Miles is uh, is recovering. And um, so I started uh, playing around the city. I put a band together. And that was the um, band that was in uh, on the recording, the CD that was years ago, uh, live in New York City, uh, right. 1970. 79 maybe I think it was actually recorded in 78 uh huh and that was the the Shreve Brothers were on that album yeah the Shreve Brothers on there. they played all the gigs with me uh-huh. Michael uh, was living in New York City at that time yeah I, I had um, I worked for Michael um, probably in 80 I started 
um, oh. when he put together that uh, band Novo Combo. Yeah. That's when I met uh-huh. Mike. I met Michael in that phase, and then I spent uh, some time with him. And I know he, had, you know, the, the piece he did with you, that al- you know, the, the live album was pre that. And Kevin, I think, was getting ready to leave New York already by that time. Um, you know, he, he was thinking about it. Yeah, I, yeah he left. Boy, he, I can't remember now, because he was still there in the late 80s. I don't know if he left and came back. I forget. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they had, but, just, they, uh, they had just finished the Trans Station Blue, I guess, after they did your album. Yeah. Right, with, with Lee. Well, my album was recorded. It wasn't recorded in the studio. That album yeah, was, was live. recorded yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. live at a gig. Yeah, that's It was live. apparently a, a cassette recording that was done off the board uh-huh. uh, at... Uh, uh, Eric's, that was the name of the club. Right. Well, you know um, what? Why don't we put on Dune from that set, and then we'll talk about that afterwards? Okay. Okay, here we go.
Okay, and that was the live version of Dune, and um, that was a great band. Michael Shreve, Kevin Shreve, um, and um, who else was on that, Sam? Well, that particular track was featuring uh, me and, and Steve Gabori. Uh-huh. Um, Steve was a keyboard player uh, with me for a, a while. He has a studio in the city, and I think he's, he's done a lot of work with uh, uh, Cindy Lauper, I know. And uh, he was, uh, I don't know, a producer, a band uh, leader uh-huh. for a long time. And uh, also, Louis Cooper on bass played on that cut. And, and maybe Phil Clendenin on keys. I, 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 uh-huh. I forget right now. Right. He was in the band as well. And we had different, different bass players of... We, that we had a summer gig with the house band on Saturday nights uh, up at Eric for that particular summer. Oh, wow. And um, so bass players, you know, we couldn't keep the same bass player all the time. We had yeah. two or three different bass players. Uh, uh, T.F. was another one. Uh-huh. And, uh, that, uh, and, and you guys listening, um, that came from an album called Live at Eric's. And Eric's was a cool little jazz club um, in New York City, and um, that piece was done, <coughs> excuse me, in the late 70s, right? Yeah, I had performed it uh, on a, uh, it was on a c- CD, uh, actually a, a, a vinyl record that was released uh, on uh, East Wind, a Japanese label, and then got uh, released here on uh, Inner City. Uh-huh. They bought the East Wind catalog. But I prefer this version, actually, with Steve. Steve really, uh, uh, you know, got the sounds uh, more more what I'm really looking for. Right, right, right. Because that's on um, the studio version of that is on um, uh, what album? It's on Dune. It's yeah, called it Dune. On, yeah, yeah, that's the album, Dune, right. <laughs> yeah, that's the one uh, that came out on East Wind, the album I did for Japan. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's another one of, um, another very, very interesting album that you did was um, the Miles Away album. Okay, that was, that's more recent. Yes. And that's a great uh, album. I'll just too. go back for a minute for uh, East, the East Wind album featured Al Foster and Buster Williams. Oh, Okay. On the, in the rhythm section, and uh, yeah. Michael Wolf is on there as well, <coughs> and and Rio Kawasaki, he uh-huh. was a, he was the actually the producer. He was my connection to Eastwind. Okay, and um, a song of India is a great song on Dune. That's that's a that's a brilliant number. Um, yeah, song Alana has a big history. Yeah. Miles recorded it. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. But it didn't come out. It got Miles. That's a whole other story. We were getting ready to record, and this is 76, I, I think. Miles had been on, um, you know, a health health reasons, had been on a break right. for about, I don't know, six months or a year, maybe. And um, he, uh, as everybody was coming to his uh, to his house to get ready to go to the studio to record, uh Miles was was upstairs, and we heard a, a big uh, noise. Miles fell down in the bathroom and cut his uh, arm 
on the bathroom scale that came out of the wall and had to go to uh, the hospital to get stitches. Yeah. And we went to the studio the next day, and Miles' arm was in a sling, and he couldn't play. So he just conducted the band, and um, we recorded Song of Landa, but he, he was supposed to overdub, but he never did, so the track never got released by Columbia. Uh-huh, okay. And um, that, June... Um it's a it's a great great album. It's a beautiful album, and um, thank you. Yeah, um, some great pieces on that. Miles Away is on that one, and uh, uh, the you know Dune. We just heard the live version, but the studio version obviously is on that album. Uh, yeah, um, Miles Away. I did uh, you know that version back then, and I did a, a, another version. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how many years ago was that. <laughs> I guess that's about uh, fifteen years ago, maybe. It yeah. was. It came. It was, we did it in '05. It came out in '05, anyway. Okay, and that's that. That's the Miles Away album. That, that, that's on that album. Yeah, yeah. And it's. It, I mean, I like I was telling you earlier before we actually went on on air that um, I love doing these shows because I have to go back and listen to things that I might have. Um, uh, passed by for the last couple of years that I haven't visited and, and it's just so great listening to this stuff again because um, you know it, it, with all the music that, that, that's, that's around uh, um, you know you have to kind of concentrate on, on, on one little sector of it because I know I was talking to you you know I was going to be talking to you today and I didn't want to you know it was just so great refreshing you know just hearing this stuff again yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, so I went back and listened. You know, I, I, I guess um, if, if when I started re-recording again back in the early 2000s, recorded and old stuff that I just wanted, to, you know, to kind of do in a new way. Right. And so um, we did that recording up at the house, and I was lucky to have. Um, Mark Egan uh, played bass for me, awesome bass player, and uh, I got the uh, I, I had to jam with the drummer and then uh, Joe Rosenblatt was with uh, um, Spyro Gyra, uh -huh. and I liked his drums. He was intense, that's yeah. what I liked about him, yeah. and uh, and Jeff Champer as well, the guitar player. He was he was a guitar player. Uh, I met through uh, Mark. Uh -huh. And so we recorded uh, that CD at the at the house, my house. Okay, it's great. Um, so we we heard we didn't really hear anything from Dune, but we heard the tune Dune. We heard something yeah. from Dark Matter. Um, what came next? Hal revisited. Which one now? Hal. When did Hal come into the uh, picture? It's hard for me to hear you. Oh, the the album Hal revisited. Oh, Hal, yeah. Hal revisited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, let's see. That's a, a few years old. That was my second uh, attempt at doing an uh, an album in, by myself, mostly. Although I have some, I have a bit of help with that. Right. Which track were you thinking about playing? Um, I was going to leave that to you. It's a great album. I, I mean. I, I I'd have a hard time picking one tune. What what 
what tune meant a lot to you on that album? Oh, they got, oh, they, they sort of all... Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Dude, that's how they end up being on my albums, you know. How about if we go to, uh, how about if we go to the title track? Um, well, there's a vocal track on it, Nima, which I did with a uh, South African singer. Uh-huh. Uh, um, uh, Chilombo. Right, Nima. Okay, let's do that. And, um, okay. Okay, we'll play Nima, and we'll be back in uh, about five. Okay,
close to me. Sam Morrison's Nima, and that's from the uh, Hal Revisited album. And um, Sam, you want to tell us about the vocals on that one? Yeah, that's Mapumba Chilombo. He's a South African uh, singer, uh, performer, and um, we uh, met through a, a connection we had on the internet. And I sent him the tracks, and he said, What kind of, uh, you know, vocal would you like here? And he gave me a choice, and uh, and one of them was was uh, love, and I said, "Yeah, let's make it love." Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's uh, so he sings it in three languages, yeah, and uh, I think Swahili and French and uh, English. Right. It goes through those three things, and um, my buddy out in uh, New Mexico and. Truth of Consequences, T. Hickus plays uh, bass on that. Wow. And on the next track we're going to play, he's also on that, and he plays uh, drums on it. All, all the other uh, instruments are all computer-generated. Okay, so and, we're going uh, to go to... I did all in logic. So the next tune we're going to play is uh, The Oblivious? Oblivious, yes. Okay. And um, 
there's a rumor going around that you may be coming out to New Mexico. Yeah, I might be stopping there. I'm leaving New York pretty soon, as soon as the house gets sold, which is any day now. Uh-huh. And uh, I've been trying to go to California, but the uh, conditions there are not uh, friendly at the moment. Right. I haven't been able to find a place. Okay. And my friend T is in, uh, <clears throat> is in uh, New Mexico. And so that might be as far as I get right now. Okay, well, when you do get out here, we'll have to put on masks and meet somewhere. Yeah, I've been looking, I've been looking at possible places out there. Uh-huh. And we might do some gigs out there if we can find something. Yeah. There's a whole mess of uh, clubs in um, Albuquerque that, I, that you know, I could help you get acquainted with. And um, uh, Santa Fe, I mean, there's a couple of cool places where you guys could do something here. Um, but let's yeah, go. I'm interested. Yeah. I've been I've been uh, online researching places to uh, to rent temporarily. Uh-huh. Hopefully, I'll find something. Yeah, and uh, we'll see we'll see how it goes. But it's, it'll all be pretty exciting because uh, it'll be like when I first uh, drove cross country when I was like 17. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, New Mexico is a great place. I've been here a little over 10 years, and um, I never expected to stay, but here I am. And um, uh-huh. you know, it's hard to leave once you're here. But let's get to the tune, and um, we'll be back in a few minutes.
Okay, and that one was called The Oblivious, and uh, that's Sam Morrison again. And Sam, um, what else do you want to tell us about that one? It's a great tune. Thank you. Um, well, that was one I had started, and uh, I brought up to my friend T's house. He had a studio up there when he was still living in New York. Uh-huh. And um, we decided to uh, record live drums along with the computer-generated drums I already had on the track, right. which um, proved to be you know, a, a, a bit of a challenge. But uh, I think we made it work, and it added. I felt it added a lot to the track when when I heard it, because it gave it kind of a more uh, gives you that you know more human feel. Right. And uh, also, you know, sort of just kind of emotional when somebody uh-huh. actually hits the snare, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um- that you, kind of thing. So um, you actually kind of went through two phases. You went through an acoustic phase and um, an electronic phase, and we seem to be um, zeroing in on the electronic field today. And um, keeping that in mind, you have a tune called High Blood Pressure. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's one of your newer pieces. Yeah. Okay, and um, tell us about that one. Well, uh, that was entitled because of... Uh, uh, medical concerns I've been having, uh-huh. and uh, in some case where I kind of like go in and out of the uh, uh, the, the tonic key, you know, simultaneously w- while the tonic key is still present, right. you know. So it's like uh, um, I, I use uh, the term kind of uh, alternate universe where oh. one universe is the key of C the alternate universe could be the key of E flat or F sharp or C sharp where they kind of exist simultaneously and you know it got to the point where I wasn't I'm not hearing it as out uh-huh. anymore you know yeah I'm hearing it's just just what I hear it's kind of a juxtaposition of that um, you know it, it, Chromatic structure. Uh-huh. So uh, that's kind of where uh, where high blood pressure is. You know, yeah. maybe for people that don't uh, hear that, it might raise their blood pressure. I guess it's C sharp is happening at the same time C is. Right now, I but, um, I'm actually looking at the graph now. You know, my um, mixer um, uh, shows me the graph of what the music looks like, and it actually looks like an EKG gone haywire. <laughs> yeah, it's um, and the bri- the bridge for it is it's also um, kind of um, you know what do you, well compound chords, uh-huh. okay, where where one chord is like a you know could be like a F sharp major over a, a D or whatever. Okay. That's how I wrote it. Okay, so. Um, in any case, that's where the concept uh, for that particular song came, and uh, it's set over more of a sort of a current kind of uh, beat and uh, okay. structure, so, contemporary, I would call it. <laughs> okay, so it's it's a lot of chord play. So let's listen to it, and we'll get back to that. Here we go. And this one okay. is high blood pressure, and this one hasn't been released yet. 
Okay. Hasn't been released. Copyrighted, but not released. So here we go. First time. Here we go. are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits. 
so don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's Bacon or Sausage Egg and Cheese Biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. high blood pressure and that's um, one of Sam's and that one hasn't been released yet but it is copyrighted so uh, don't get any ideas out there <laughs> um, <laughs> sure and it's a great tune and um, you have more in the can like that one right Sam yeah 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 and um, I, have a, I have a whole CD worth of material like that right now we're waiting for the uh, release uh-huh um, Okay, so we still have some other stuff to go over. So your future plans now, um, you're working with, uh, like we said earlier, Michael Shreve and Patrick Leeson, two uh, other brilliant musicians, and um, they both, um, everybody's in a separate part of the world right now. Michael's in Seattle and uh, Patrick's in California. You're in New York, so it takes a while to, um, you know, to transfer music back and forth. Um but you are working on an album now. Yes, but um, I haven't received the uh, tracks yet, uh-huh. so I haven't actually started my part of it until right. uh, they get here. Right, right. Um, but it's going to be, uh, obviously it's an electronic piece. You know, Patrick's a synth player, Michael's a drummer, electronic drummer, and you do your exper- your experimental stuff. So, I mean, it's going to be a killer. I mean, I can tell you right now, it's going to be a killer album. So we're looking forward to that. Um, what I'd like to do is go over one of your, your tunes, another one from um, uh, Hal, Hal Revisited. And I think what I'd like to hear is a juxtaposition. Is that okay with you? Sure. Yeah. And uh, tell us about that. It's a great tune. Thank you. Um, okay. Anything about this one that we have to know? Um, this is one I remember doing it at my friend T's place when he was still in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I was—I think at that point I was having trouble with uh, Logic, uh-huh. and so I brought it up to his house on a oh, external drive, and and uh, he let me use the studio for okay. all day. Well, uh, I, I overdubbed saxophone and um, recorded, um, I, I, th- I think I actually doubled the saxophone with the synth okay. um, on all the melody, and I think I did that at his, at his place. Okay. I had to transcribe it and do it, but uh, it all happened away from my studio for uh, yeah. probably a reason that the, uh, the, that the computer was kind of down. 
Okay, tell everybody what logic is. Some people out there may not be familiar with it. Uh, well, logic is the uh, the DAW I write in. Uh, it's an Apple program uh -huh. that gives you the ability to record many, many tracks, and it gives you um, access to all the synth sounds. But at this point with this album, I'm using uh, uh, Native Instruments, which oh, yeah. is also uh -huh. synth... Um, programming and access to many other different sounds okay it more than more than doubles what you get in logic yeah yeah native instrument is getting bigger and bigger too they're getting more and more uh predominant out there okay here we go juxtaposition <laughs> Thank you. 
Al Revisited CD. And um, we're going to be, so um, let's see, one of the, I I have to apologize. I'm looking for one of your um, acoustic pieces that I can't get to run now. Pick, pick something. Give me something that we can close out with, Sam. Okay. Um, not the acoustic pieces. Um, well, you could do. You want to do something from miles uh, from miles away? Um, yeah, we could do something from miles away. Um, maybe uh, let's see, the one on flute. Uh, oh, oh, pick a moose blues. Okay. That's on, on sax. So this isn't electronic. This is uh, live recorded with Mark Egan and uh, Joe Rosenblatt and Jeff Champa uh-huh. and myself on the alto flute. Okay. Well, before I play that, let's just talk a little before. Oh, um, oh, oh, wait a minute. I'm not playing alto flute. This is the one with the... Uh, Pekin Moose has this. Has, this I'm playing the sax solo. Oh, cool. This is... Uh, yeah, this is uh, the instrument that Roland Kirk made famous. Okay. Um, okay, so before we play this, we're going to go out with this one. I just want to, you know, obviously um, we're going to be doing a part two of this because it was. I, I loved having you on with me today, and we just didn't have enough time to get to everything. Ninety minutes just shot by like nothing. So um, what I'd like to do is invite you back. Um, I hope you, uh, you'll agree to come back. Be my pleasure. Okay, I hope I didn't... Uh, uh, you know, I hope I wasn't too annoying today. <laughs> so, um, I mean, but it was a it was a, an honor having you aboard with me. And um, next time aboard, next time you come um, on the show, maybe we could do something with Patrick and and see what else is going on. You know, Patrick Gleason, and um, uh, maybe by that time we'll have something to discuss about you know about the new album and, and stuff like that. So, um, I'm going to talk to you offline. We'll set up something in two or three weeks. Um, I'll make sure Patrick's on board. I'll make sure Michael's on board, and we'll, we'll we'll do something around that. But even if that doesn't happen, I'd like you back with, um, uh, you know, just you alone if if, if you're okay with that. That would be great. Thank you. Okay, I'm my nice. friend. Really, let's so, to it. Okay, so we're gonna say um, goodbye now. I'm, well, I'm gonna play P- uh, uh, Pika Moose Blues, and um, this is you on the sax solo. And can you can you explain that instrument to everybody? Well, it's a soprano sax with a curved bell and a curved neck. Uh-huh. Okay, and, and very, very, uh, there's not too many guys out there playing it. No, they were, they were made by King in the, I don't know, 1930s, approximately. Uh-huh. Okay. And they, then they were discontinued, uh, so they were only made for a limited time. Yeah. And they were really, really cool instruments. Yeah, hard to find. And uh, I, unfortunately, I, I wore through mine, the neck was wearing out. Oh, it wow. got too soft, so I don't have it anymore. I, actually, now I play a soprano that I give a plug to Dakota uh, saxophone uh-huh. and and Pete LaPlaca, who uh, backs me up and uh, sent me his uh, saxophone t- to use and and helped give me a little support uh, to do some uh, a little touring and. Um, so that's what I'm using now for a soprano. But uh, the sax solo is a pretty cool instrument. It has yeah. a little kind of unique sound. Okay. Well, we're going to close the show. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Continue. I was going to mention that the Michael Wolf keyboard player is on this uh, track as well. Okay. And uh, so we're going to close the show with this one. 
And I'd like to say uh, stay safe out there, and thank you for spending the last uh, hour and a half with us. And I'll speak to you real soon. Okay, thank you for the opportunity. Oh, don't, don't be silly. Thank you, and um, I'll give you a call later on, okay? Okay, great. Thanks, friend. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, guys, this one is Peekamoose Blues and the great Sam Morrison.
Okay, I'd like to thank Sam Morrison for spending this time with us. And uh, that one was Peekaboo's Blues. And Sam will be back in a couple of weeks. So uh, stay safe out there, and um, I'll be seeing you guys real soon. To contribute and help keep the station going, funds can be sent via PayPal to Elliot. Is. Not. Your. Mother. At. Gmail.com. Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. All right, we're at home with Claire, who is warming up for a bit of boxer size. Yep, she's welcomed in the new year with a fancy new workout setup. Look at that branded punch bag with matching gloves. And that gorgeous coordinated athleisure. So coordinated. She is working out and working it. Well, with prices this good on designer workout gear, how couldn't she? Whoa! She's back on the sofa. With her feet in an excellently priced foot spa. Iconic. Get those toes to Marshalls. Fabulous brands. Feel good prices. At Marshalls. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Fly on the Wall. There are more great interviews to follow so please list us as one of your favorites and be sure to follow. We are listener funded. If you would like to assist our Venmo info is New Mexico DJ service. The PayPal info is New Mexico DJ service at gmail.com. Please remember to share our info. Thanking you all.